0: Beer,
1: beer, 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 beer. Thanks for listening to Grand Craft Beer, Ben's premier beer podcast, exploring everything beer in Central Oregon with your host, who's a cicerone and the author of Oregon Breweries, Brian Yeager. Hello and welcome to Grand Craft Beer. Thanks for joining us. I am Brian Yeager, and today I am excited to be joined by Alicia Goodman, who is the GM and the beer buyer. The I don't know, I have to say beer. We'll we'll get into that and the buyer at Midtown Yacht Club over on 4th. Welcome. Thank you. All right. So the Yacht Club is coming up on four years. Is that correct? And you were there. Were you there from day one?
0: I was. Um, I started out there after having a major medical issue and not having work for a a time. And then, you know, COVID hit. And Cassidy, our former manager, said, hey, are you ready to go back to work? And I said, yes, I'm dying to go back to work. I need income. And we weren't going to have a concert season, which is where we worked together. Um, So she said, I need employees for this new food cart lot that's opening. And the rest is history.
1: (laughs) Awesome. So tell me, uh, how how many beer taps do you have? How many other formats for drinking and how many trucks are there at the Yacht Club?
0: So we have 20 rotating taps, um, except for the Coors Light stays on all the time, (laughs) and the Volcano Vineyard Sangria stays on all the time. Just flavors rotate. Um, We have a huge selection of packaged items, and then we have seven food trucks, and most of them are open every day of the week. In the summer, they all are, which is great.
1: Well, only because I wrote an article about it for the source, you have the Sangria, But you also have two froze machines.
0: In the summer only? Oh, summer only, okay. Summer only. It doesn't do quite as well in the winter, obviously, because people are cold. Right. And drinking something frozen makes you colder. (laughs) If we had like a fireplace inside or something, I think that would be, you know, it'd be cool to have froze by the fire.
1: Well, I know we are going to get into a very brief discussion about warm drinks, but we will save that later. There's something coming up where. Instead of drinking cold wine or beer, uh, or you could drink some hot one. Uh, so these 20 taps, you're the buyer. I'm really always curious about this. What goes into curating, as it were? Uh, what Not just which breweries, but which styles of beer go on those? What have you learned about consumer preferences for how, how to properly stock those, uh, each of those handles?
0: So, basically, I went into that back in 2020, late 2020, um, just on a whim. I was subconsciously inventorying the beers for the manager, and I said, hey, can I be the buyer and take this on as a thing? Because I think we need it. We're getting popular enough. And we started out with one double-walled or double-doored fridge. Got it. it. Um, And we had six packs on one side, and we had cans on the other side. It was wine and beer. And... That was it. Now, so no handles. The there was no draft no, originally. No, we had drafts oh, okay. too. I'm just saying, as far as the package goes, sure. our selection was very small. And then we had, um, eventually brought in a little NA cooler, and you know, we had everything kind of together at one point at the very beginning.
1: And um, the, these last four years have really been the boom years for NA, for which is non alcoholic. Um, is that something that your customers are coming in and really? I mean, it's grown. So obviously, oh, I feel like the answer is significantly, yeah. yeah.
0: Kombucha. Um, we have a pretty good selection of non-alcoholic beers. Uh, they they release new ones all the time. We now have non-alcoholic uh, hard cider, non-hard right. Cider. <laughs> so it's it's cider, but it's de-alcoholized. So and that's Two Towns is doing that, um, which is pretty cool.
1: And a couple of the other really big players. We don't need to go into yeah. who's making what non-alcohol, na hard cider or soft hard cider, soft hard or whatever cider, we, yeah,
0: de-hard. I don't know. <laughs>
1: But the, the fact of the matter is there are more people who are drinking things other than beer and wine. I, I, that's like the safe takeaway, right? So
0: our uh, our top sellers always draft beer, but like draft pints. But the second best seller is every, like our entire selection of non-alcoholic beverages.
1: Amazing. So
0: uh, that is huge, you know, whether it's the CBD sodas or sparkling waters or the ginger beer or juice or Nesquik, you know, and um, this is,
1: is this predominantly for a twenty-one and over crowd, or obviously sales don't know if the intended consumer is a grown-up or a minor. But you're out there.
0: So in Dry January, it's mostly adults that are not; they're choosing not to drink in January.
1: And here we so, are; we're finally wrapping up Dry January. I say finally. That's me. If you're doing it for reasons uh, out of necessity or health, good for you. I try not to to mock it, but. Uh, it's tough. It's tough. I know it's just a tough month for the for the beer biz. Winter is slow in general. People aren't going out. And now they're faced with this media movement of don't consume
0: and the whole uh, snow ice barrage we've been hit with yeah. the last couple of weeks. Um I mean it's 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 changed things significantly in this area for sure right now. Um I'm I'm lucky that we have such a huge selection of non-alcoholic options because people come in for the food and they stay for the, and they get the drinks and they hang out, watch the sports and.
1: And so many good trucks. I mean, like there's no shortage of pods and, you know, things like that around Ben, but obviously Midtown Yacht Club does a great job and and they're not really moving around. I feel like people have a good sense of what to expect there. Barrio, Tots, one of my personal favorites and her pizza truck, Um, you know, Shimshon. You just have a lot of really good, good food varieties there.
0: Yeah, Lively Up Yourself, North Fresh Sushi, and Alley Dogs, which now has incredible smash burgers Ooh. that have been featured by several local foodies uh, on their videos and social media pages about how fantastic they are. So that's cool to have as well.
1: Yeah. I, I had not realized that you were the one pod without burgers. Yeah. Is that Right. I mean, that's I mean,
0: I we don't have a burger truck, <laughs> but we have alley dogs. And yeah. They've, they've dabbled in like some vegan dogs, uh, corn dogs. And they used to have grilled cheese sandwiches. Um, now they have smash burgers and they're delicious.
1: Excellent. Uh, what are the beers that are people that people are pairing with those foods or maybe if they're just oh, there goodness. to drink? But Do you have a, a, a concept of what you're. Best. I mean, for example, you said you always have Coors Light, so you wouldn't have that on if people weren't drinking the hell out of
0: it. That was an owner decision, but yes. And <laughs> it's it's more so, I mean, beers like that, like lagers, lagers and things like that, the lighter beers are more popular in the summer, for sure. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people will crush kegs of Pilsner, lager, uh, pale, all that stuff in the summer, and then it slows way down in the winter. Uh, the IPAs are the dominant ones right now. And so... Uh, And we all, like in the winter, we have a featured tap, so we like to put on winter beers, um, not necessarily dark beers, but winter ales. Uh, I have a farmhouse saison coming up. Um, There's just, you know, like Fremont's Bee Bomb. The things that are only good, I mean, not only good when it's that time of year. But are most popular. They're they're the most popular at that time of year because people go... No one's
1: going to buy a 15% bourbon barrel-aged Imperial Sout on a 100-degree days Yeah. Yeah. No one.
0: (laughs) No. I mean, there might be a few, but... That's weird. Yeah. I always think it's strange when somebody's drinking a black beer in front of me in the middle of the summer. Unless it's sinister no, sinister black, s- because that drinks like a light beer. Or
1: Van Hennion Schwartz beer yes, or any Schwartz of those beer. other you know yeah, the I, Schwartz I, beers. I, will, I will always fight that that a dark beer can be yeah. a great summer. It beer. can,
0: it can. It's special types though. I, I I would not suggest drinking a stout in the summer unless that's your beer of choice. Right. It's just a little heavy for the heat.
1: And then are any of the other Handles permanent or the other nineteen rotating. Like in other words, you say Pilsner, but is there ever a, what, a sort of de facto house Pilsner?
0: So they or rotate, IPA for that matter. They rotate constantly. We typically never have the same beer on twice in a row, other than like I said, the Coors Light and uh, the Sangria. But every time we switch a keg, we switch a flavor. Mm-hmm. So um, we we've kind of made it uh, at the beginning. We kind of decided that we were going to have categories for the beers and we set it up. So uh, it, it goes from like lightest to darkest. And we started with IPA only because it's the most popular. It's the one that people look for the like first. So we have the featured beer and then we have the IPAs. And then we go, you know, to the Pilsner, Lager, Pale. Um, I guess the Pale's kind of worked into the IPAs now. Adam reorganized it. <laughs> but, uh, and then all the way down to the dark beers and then we have the Cider and the Hard Seltzer, Sangria and then currently a wine. But that's going to be switching to a nitro beer soon. Mm. Back to a nitro beer soon.
1: I, th- I think people. I I can't speak for everyone, but I feel like when you're looking at a, especially a digital tap board like Midtown Yacht Club, employees, um, they do want to see them sort of grouped together. It really you know, helps people. Am make I in decisions. an IPA mood? And if so, okay. There are how many IPAs do you have? So we including all have the range of sub strains of ipa
0: in the summertime we typically have a featured ipa um usually it's our yacht C collaboration with initiative in redmond um there's more on that coming in the next couple months we're going to do a re-release party and that's going to be really fun but uh
1: good because initiative i feel like and i'm maybe obviously part of that uh i haven't given them a lot of love on the podcast or in print but People love supporting our local breweries and right. just by virtue of being new. Yeah. You know, I, new I think enough. they're. We're new enough. Yeah. It's, it's a
0: great partnership. So. so um, thanks to with the that, shout but, to initiative. Yeah. Uh, also. But so the IPAs, we usually have two like West Coast American I, like style IPAs. So a basic IPA, your traditional IPA. We always have an imperial or double or triple IPA. And then we always have two hazies as well. Um, how hazy they are it depends. I know that. You know, a lot of people don't understand that hazy's not just the appearance. Um, so we get a lot of people, this is not hazy. I'm like, well, taste it. Taste it first.
1: But that's where we got juicy, totally right? Juicy,
0: yeah. But it's there's you, you should, so many not be The con-
1: up to the consumer to determine what the beer is. I do feel like the breweries and their marketing departments and to uh, an extent the the, you know, on premise accounts, uh like you guys, there there should be some way to inform The consumer.
0: Yeah, totally. And that's I I try to, you know, if it's it only gives you the chance to do like one little descriptor on there for um, for the beer. So I try to make sure that it's accurate to what it is, even if I have to have a little taste of it to make sure. Sometimes you know they don't get categorized correctly, so I keep an eye on that. Um, I'm always keeping an eye on the tap handles and making sure we have handles for the breweries that we use on a regular basis. As long as we are able to get them, Um, we have lots of tap handles. Now so. I
1: know from talking to sales reps mm-hmm. or brewery owners for that matter, um, you know, where do they like to you know, where do they typically find kegs mm-hmm. of their beer for off off premise meaning for them, like off their brewery off site their uh for draft accounts and, and the yacht club is frequently named on their short list. Yeah. Uh what goes into you know I, I've been there and, and you you know, I'm trying to talk to you and sales reps are popping in and out. Uh, is it fun? Is it frustrating? Is it easy? Is it difficult? Like, how it's, what goes into that? It's all of from those things. From your perspective it's all as those buyer. Things.
0: Um, I try to stay very open to, you know, my regular sales reps from the different distributors coming in. And, and even the ones that self-distribute, um, you know, they can text me or email me. That's the easiest way to get in touch with me. And then we coordinate. Um, There's a lot of people that just pop in and that's difficult because I'm usually doing something else like the GM duties or the the many hats I wear, something for that. So social media or I'm out there taking a video for social media or doing something with the carts or shoveling snow.
1: So you are very good at posting on social and videos. Uh, I do feel like that is something that you have never overlooked and I'm sure producers that you work with and the customers enjoy that.
0: Yeah, I, I hope so. I, uh, Again, something I taught myself, I just kind of watch stuff and I just do something will pop into my head and I'll just do it. But uh, that's, that's kind of mean. So it works to have <laughs> the, the kind of inconsistency of when people pop in. Sometimes they catch me, sometimes they don't. Um, I also, you know, do cash and carry runs or bank runs or sometimes I have to go pick up like, you know, nitro gas. Right. Because we didn't order it or something, so it's it's variable. um, But yeah, it is difficult. It is fun. Uh, It's all those things. Adding on the buyer job again uh, after not having to do that for over two years is a lot, but it's been fun. And I do have the help of Adam and Andy, you know, keeping the walk-in organized and stocking when they're there, um, as well as everyone else that works at the yacht club, making sure that they're stocking and keeping things full because you know obviously full coolers look better. Right, and then organized walk-in is easy for the employees, and so we can, and then we have everything in our untapped system on the iPad, so we're able to see what's up next and go change the kegs, and we we get a lot of good beer, and it's really fun to see what people come up with. It's fun to talk to the reps and the distributors and find out what they think we should bring in. Um, Like I said, nothing is ever on, like there's we never have two kegs of something in a row, except for Coors Light and. the Sangria, and then, you know, the Yahtzee when we're running that in the summertime. But other than that, like, it's it's constantly changing. People are like, I had a beer yesterday. Well, it's gone now. Sorry.
1: Well, but I do wonder (laughs) about that, too. You know, you want it to be rotating. And at the same time, you want things that sell well to continue to be there. Like, are there examples, you know, any specific brands that you don't mind mentioning or able to mention uh, that, you know, you're like, all right, we got to bring this particular beer back because the customers uh, respond well to it.
0: Honestly, most people really like the changes and the fact that it, you know, they're like, oh, darn, but then they find another beer they equally like as much as the one that went off. So it's kind of cool to see that because at the beginning, everything was like, do you have boneyard on tap? And it was always RPM because that's what they mean by boneyard.
1: Right. Of course. <laughs> they just
0: walk into a counter. Do you have boneyard? So we always have the 19-2 the tall boys uh, and the six-packs um, always. And we rotate that in kind of infrequently because that's something you can find everywhere else. Um It, it used to move in like a day or two. We'd blow out a, a full half barrel of keg. And now it doesn't move as fast because... The demand is there for cha- for difference, mm-hmm. for different things there. They, people like the variety. They like that they can try something they've never had. Um, so if a
1: really swiftly selling beer and you're buying mostly half barrels or other... barrels. Maybe a couple, in six winter, barrels I'll, in there. the winter, I'll
0: buy some six barrels of darker beers to because like, they'll sit for a little while. And I, I want them to rotate more often. Um, or specialty beers, I'll buy six barrels. But it's typically all half barrels.
1: Now... I don't, I'm not looking <laughs> for you to name names here, but if a really good uh, beer, if, if a half barrel keg, which is sort of that standard, you know, larger format keg for the industry, if that might kick in a day or two, how long does it have to stay on tap before you realize, all right, this is not either a brewery or a style or a particular beer, like is, if something is on there for, is it one week, two weeks? Is it a month? What's the duration where you go, all right, this one's not going to be in the rotation?
0: It's it's tough because, you know, I listen to consumer feedback. I listen to what people have to say about the beers. Um, Untapped is a great source because resource because people review the beers on there, and I watch that as well.
1: They rank them and they check they them in, but them. they don't review them. Some do. Some do. <sighs> I wish some they would. I definitely
0: do. I wish everyone would, but you know, those the notes, are the good
1: old days when you could yeah. learn something about new beers. But totally. that's just me on my old man. Yeah, get off my lawn. Not get Not everybody. Off, you
0: know. Not everybody has that uh, that desire to read into it. They just like a good beer. Yeah, and you know, I, I always admire like Adam because he describes the beer and talks about the beer and how it feels in his mouth, and you know, and that's cool because not everybody does that.
1: They should have, oh man, if anyone from Untapped is listening, you should have like a system that I think Yelp might have, although I hate Yelp even more than Untapped. But <laughs> something where like superstar reviewers, people who who
0: consistently, review, consistently
1: review them, and they're not doing all five and one star reviews. Yeah. Like, oh, I didn't like it. It's a one star. Most of
0: mine are in the middle. There's the hype
1: beards, right? As they should be in a yeah. sense. But, yeah. you know, again, so, Adam could use all the flowery language and, and really describe a beer. But if someone, if, if 100 people give a particular beer a one star review and they don't say anything about it or what they didn't like about it, that's not helpful because maybe those 100 people just don't like Saisons or yeah, degards or something that they stumbled upon.
0: Right. You know, and that's, that's tough with like the world of reviews because you don't know if it's just them or if it's actually the product. Which exactly. is the same thing with Google reviews. Which, any reviews. you know, if anyone's listening that uh, leaves Google or Yelp reviews for Midtown Yacht Club, thank you for the great ones. Sure. Thank you for the not-so-great ones, but <laughs> please, you know, reach but out make to me you, first. And if you're <laughs>
1: going to do a not-so-great one, I mean, I can't tell you the number of times you go, uh, oh, I, you know, it took them 20 minutes for us to take our order. Well, you're at a counter service place, so yeah. they're not going to. Or any number of things. People are very spiteful yeah. in those or they want to appear like they were there first. That's just there's so many reasons I don't I just don't trust them.
0: I think I've left one bad review in my life and I tried to talk to them first, but it was a corporate place. So that didn't really work out well. Um, I just I it's a waste of energy, yeah. I feel like. And I look at them and I, I, I kind of just laugh because I'm like, that's, there's nothing that can't be fixed. There's nothing that where somebody can't just say, hey, by the way, this is, you know, I had this experience. I like to hear the bad stuff because that's how you can improve.
1: And then add on top of this, layer on top of this, this sort of dual role. Is a beer not good because it wasn't made well or was it not stored properly? Was it not tapped properly? Is this sir I'm not obviously well, saying about the yacht club, but maybe the glass is dirty or who know who knows? Right. There's so many things that could have an ill effect on the end product and we don't know who yeah. to point and the I finger mean, at. For
0: for me and for like Adam and Andy and you know, for the people who have been there or been in the industry for a while it's it's easy to tell if a keg is not you know not not quite right if something's wrong and we'll usually call in the rep and they'll come taste it too and then you know we pull a keg if it's if something's wrong like sometimes we'll have a seltzer that's over carbonated and then goes flat as soon as you pour glass yeah and it's nasty and these are definitely things
1: that you know that the account needs to worry about that right. in your case midtown yacht club that falls on you
0: totally, and it looks bad if we don't notice. So, you know, tasting is part of the job. Um, even though I'm not drinking right now because I have a wedding in 74 days, <laughs> it's not because of dry January. It just is kind it of is it your wedding?
1: In. Of course it is. Oh my goodness,
0: <laughs> Alicia! <laughs> congratulations! Oh, thank you. I, we've been you were
1: so good at posting on social, but I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, no, a
0: lot of people still don't know, even though we've been engaged for. By the time we get married, it'll be two years. So. Um, but yeah, that's that's coming up. So really not drinking right now. I just I don't drink much as it is. I, I'll do a little taste of the beer. Um, I leave that to the boys.
1: Dirty little secret <laughs> is not dry January talking and it's not. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, people who I know who've been in this industry for a long time, probably myself included. I don't know anyone who's quit drinking like you are and temporarily.
0: I mean, I still I've had to take little sips of beer just because yeah. I, I have to to know what's going on, especially if there's something that somebody says might be a bad keg.
1: But I think in general, part of the downturn in beer sales is mm-hmm. consumers on the whole, including long timers, people yeah. who have been drinking craft beer for, you know, since they were old enough to drink it, whatever age that is for you. Uh I mean, I'll
0: be 40 this year. But all right. Well, I, I got a decade on you. Yeah, so. I used to. <laughs> I you know I grew up in Bend, so Deschutes has been here since I was four years old. Um yep. and I actually worked with Kristen and Nick from Block Fifteen oh, at yeah. McMenamins in Corvallis before they started Block Fifteen. So they actually left McMenamins to go start Block Fifteen, and as we know, that's successful.
1: I had Shannon McMenamin on the oh, podcast cool. a few weeks ago, and she's and the
0: daughter of one of the brothers, Mike right? McMenamin. Mike.
1: Yeah, uh, therefore niece of Brian. Um, and, yeah, we were talking about all the great brewers who have highly esteemed breweries, such as Nick from Block 15, mm-hmm. Jack from Fort George, Jamie from Ninkazi, all the, you know, so many places that came up through McMiniman's. Um, mm-hmm. And yet you don't see a lot of their beers on tap at well, non-McMiniman when I properties. There,
0: their beers were only at McMenamins properties. Like you couldn't get them anywhere else. And at the time, we had like a non-alcoholic beer and uh, something else. And then they were just starting to like start their distillery and get that stuff going. So we had like liquor that wasn't obviously McMenamins, but we the only beer we had on tap was McMenamins beer. All
1: right, but now I'm very excited to to finally get to address this. How we had to talk about that, get a great introduction as to who you are and. What the yacht club is and offers, but something that ties in uh, consumer drinking habits, drinking proper beers for the season, and even having a McMinnemans beer on at a non McMinnemans property. So obviously, with your fourth uh, anniversary coming up, you will have the fourth annual Yachttoberfest. Yeah. When when does that land?
0: So Yachttoberfest is in September. Um, because I found out Oktoberfest is the end of September going into October. Right. And so after the first year of the which was twenty twenty one, I moved it to and that was in October, I moved it back to like mid September. So it's usually like when fall kicks off it's to kick, it's a fall kickoff, basically.
1: But you over the years, over these very few years, have added more and more events. Uh, what are some of the other events that you do throughout the year?
0: So we've, for the last three years, the last three summers, we've done a huge party on the yacht in the summer, and that, uh, you know, opened up to next door, our lovely neighbors in Eclipse Engineering, um, and had live music and all kinds of stuff. I might change that up for the fourth anniversary, make it a little different. Um, Sometimes it's kind of excruciatingly hot in July. This year was strangely humid on our anniversary party day, and it was kind of miserable. I feel like everyone would rather be at the river at that point, <laughs> which is kind of what happened. Yeah, um, It was during Summerfest, and I guess people weren't there either on that day.
1: Well, that is an interesting thing as someone who really obviously uh, pays attention to uh, the event season. And we don't have a lot of... Summertime beer festivals. Even the Bend Brew Fest is moving yeah. to October. And that's
0: because of the intense concert season. Of course. Yeah, that's they, a, that's they a thing. They simply cannot tear all that down to prepare or, you know, cut into the, the artist's schedule.
1: But also people have other things that they want, that they can totally. and will be doing. And that's generally... Right. Floating, paddling something or mountain biking. I, I do or...
0: love the Little Woody, though. And I have volunteered yeah. at that for probably about 10 years. Every year I, I go and at least work one night and get to hang out with whoever I'm working next to. Or even, you know, this year I got to be with Two Towns. With I Jason did prefer
1: when the emphasis was on wood-aged beers. Yes.
0: And I mean, <laughs> there's a good number of it. But, yeah, they've, they've snuck in some other things, which I guess is for those people who are kind of, I guess, beer snobs about, uh, but kind of in the wrong direction. Beer snobs in the way that they only like a Pilsner, or they only like yeah. an IPA. And the barrel stuff then, is...
1: But Little Woody... So I really think like...
0: Little Woody wouldn't
1: like, be their thing, but... I I personally, again, everyone has, you know, Ben Brewfest. It's a very big umbrella, big tent yeah. beer festival. Um, I feel like if you're going to have a niche or niche, whichever your preferred pronunciation is, uh, festival like Little Woody really embrace what it is. Can we talk about your next upcoming event at Midtown Yacht Club, which is on Saturday, February 3rd? From
0: 12 to 6. From twelve to, from <laughs>
1: noon to 6, exactly.
0: Uh, so this will be year number two of uh, Grand Craft Beer and Brian himself uh, having this, curating this <laughs> wonderful event. Yeah, the crowd goes wild. Um, yeah, this wonderful event called Flannel Fest. Uh, it was Brian's idea to bring in a... Plethora of winter warmers and things to, um, and also raise money for a good cause. Which the last two years, well, now this is the second year Bethlehem in, um, is the benefactor of clothing, uh, food items, and f- like cash donations. Exactly. It's a, it's a
1: three. It's a. I I really think of it as as such a, a win win win. Uh, it's wintertime, it's a shoulder season, so obviously summertime, beer sells itself. People go out and drink beer. Here in February, right, as you had mentioned, we had this crazy, you know, we finally got winter. It kind of struck here in January. Um, but people don't go out quite as much, so it's a great opportunity to drink winter beers. What does that mean? You know, they're maybe they're darker, maybe they're a little higher in alcohol Um, maybe they're not just bright, clean pilsners and extra juicy IPAs, although those are perfectly good in the winter as well. And then we have Bethlehem Inn and last year between cash donations, as well as, uh, food donations. So every, anything canned, any kind of pantry, exactly staples, beans, right? Bags of beans, rice,
0: peanut butter, tuna, like anything that, anything anything that's not going to go bad immediately. So they drove soon. away
1: with a sprinter van filled with donated, filled goods. to the
0: brim of with food and clothing, and we're talking about and cl- so much I mean, clothing that that pile was huge. It
1: was monstrous, and it was we expect awesome. this year to be even bigger because, exactly.
0: uh, I mean, you know, everybody has jackets and long johns and things that don't fit or things that they mean to donate and haven't yet.
1: I've laid already around. got a pile going of yeah, stuff sure that we will does. be bringing in.
0: So, and and you know, when you do that, you get raffle tickets for. Uh, to be able to win a brewery-branded flannel. Or, you know, there's a few other donators of flannels, like, uh, outside in.
1: The, oh, um, outside in. Some of the or grown, yeah. Uh, unofficial logging, the the hatchet-throwing bar. Um, and, in fact, I just got an email today, Revolver. Uh, menswear. Menswear on, cool. on wall will be donating. Yeah. Uh, but then, ultimately, you know, I think, I think part of the driver for going to any beer festival is people like— the free stuff that comes with it, right? Maybe that's the the festival glass. Well, Flannel Fest doesn't have a festival glass. No. Maybe it's sales reps who are giving out koozies and stickers and keychains. We don't have that. But we have something so much bigger and more awesome that people will not take home and put it in a drawer and go, oh, there's my drawer full of keychains. It is the flannels themselves. All of them donated by the breweries Mm-hmm. and you could win them by drinking the beers and donating, donating the cash, the food, the clothes, the sleeping bags, blankets, yeah. all of
0: that. Any of that. So it's 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 all about being warm.
1: <laughs> and you happen to be wearing your very spiffy Midtown Yacht Club flannel. Yeah, these are the ones I know it's we made a podcast, last but... year.
0: These are the ones <laughs> we made last year for Flannel Fest. Uh, we have new ones coming anytime now for this year's Flannel Fest. Now,
1: With different colors. Who gets to win one of those brand spanking new Midtown Yacht Club flannels.
0: Uh, well, definitely, along with some other things we have, like beanies and you know things like that, uh, we will be uh, awarding the winner of the most flannel wearing contest. The with most one flannel of these, wearing contest. one of these awesome <laughs> flannels. And last year was 17? 17. 17
1: items? So let's and, get ahead of this, yeah, because yeah. last year it was just called the most flannel wearing contest. The name is saying, but I want to be very clear, It doesn't need to be a flannel shirt. It could be anything flannel except note that anything that you wear that comes in pairs, that is uh, flannel socks. It is uh, uh, flannel earrings. Earrings. uh, Mittens. Anything that comes in two, we're counting that as one. That's one item. And you just peel off your layers of flannel and whoever is left before going... But naked
0: I mean hopefully is you're wearing winner. those flannel long underwear underneath your that counts underneath your other underneath your other layers of flannel yeah and if you're
1: wearing three layers of flannel long underwear you can peel those peel off the first two uh, but there will be children present it is a family friendly event yes family, no family
0: and dog friendly by the way and your dogs should wear flannel because they look adorable in it
1: are we thinking of having two most flannel wearing contests like could there be a, a people and a dog winner a dog winner
0: i don't know we'd have to discuss that and think about a prize but
1: we yeah. have one week it again it's saturday february 3rd noon to 6 thank you for uh for coming in for telling folks about uh obviously what a, goes into a being a a little bit a
0: little bit it's a small <laughs> yeah.
1: insight but but it's an important insight because we whether it is the yacht club or any of those other spots yeah. i think it's you know and important to know like how do those beers get there i am always fascinated uh if it's based on consumers if they're working with the producers all those different facets that that lead to it right yeah
0: totally and uh by the way we always happily take suggestions whether you leave it on a sticky note at the bar if i'm not there or you email or put it in our contact form online if you want to see a beer that you can't find anywhere else i am happy to try to bring it in
1: and if you want to leave that Attached to a five-star review, go ahead. If you didn't see the beer you wanted, rather than leave a one-star review, just drop them a note. Yeah. Pop into Alicia's DMs at Midtown Yacht Club. Yeah. What's what's your favorite method? Is it Instagram? Is it uh, email? I, mean, I,
0: I handle it all. So it's it's however they want to reach out. Um, and then yeah. you have
1: some underscores. So what what is your insta so handle? On
0: Instagram, it's Midtown underscore yacht underscore club. And yacht is Y A C H T because a lot of people spell it like yacht, and that's not the same thing. I yeah. don't even know what a yacht what a yacht is.
1: <laughs> oh, have you guys ever had any beers from the Yahats Brewing? On? Yes, we have. That there's a, a collaboration. I'd like to Yachats see Yahat's at the Yacht Club. Exactly. Yeah,
0: that's that'd be interesting for the people who are not from Oregon. Oh yeah, and don't know what yahats is <laughs> for the pronunciation
1: alone. I'd like that yacht. Okay, I this is the number thirteen beer.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. It's awesome. it's interesting. It's it's a whole world that I never thought I would be a part of, but I really do enjoy it.
1: Super fun. Yeah. Well, you do great at it. Thank you for taking the time to come in. Of course. And I'll see you next at the Flannel Fest. Woohoo. Beer, 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 Thank you for listening to the Grand Craft Beer Podcast with yet another voice from Central Oregon's homegrown beer community. We hope you'll share this episode and subscribe so you never miss a beer-soaked conversation. For questions, comments, or suggestions, contact host Brian Yeager via Facebook, Instagram, or X, all with the handle at Beer, all one word. Cheers!